This program is sponsored by Dr. Perry Skin Industries, LLC. The views expressed by the following program are those of the sponsor and are not necessarily the opinions of 77 WABC or Cumulus Media. You know what we need? We need a radio show on the air, like maybe on Saturday nights, that talks about this kind of thing. Hi, Dr. Hoffman here. I want to let my listeners know about a brilliant Renaissance man named Dr. Arthur Perry. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. He's a distinguished, award-winning cosmetic surgeon trained at Harvard and Cornell with a practice in New York City on Fifth Avenue. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on... A book and numerous other activities. He's written numerous medical journal articles and he's contributed to textbooks on plastic surgery. Your remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. It's clear that when it comes to skin and aging, this doctor knows what he's talking about. Joan, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. <laughs> As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle? Right here on WABC. And... Uh, I hope you're all having a wonderful midsummer weekend. It's kind of the dog days of summer, and uh, my basset hounds are enjoying the summer, though. They're, oh, okay, you didn't get that joke. All right, well, this is the Plastic Surgery Show here on WABC. It's the Skin Show. It's the Beauty Show. It's the show about you. It's the show about your wrinkles. It's the show about large noses, small breasts, large breasts, sagging breasts, It's a show about fat around the hips and fat on the thighs. It's the show about lips that might be a little bit too small or ears that protrude. So that's what we talk about on this show. You can give me a call. The phone number here at WABC is 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. And if you do call, we are giving away bottles of daytime. Daytime is the one that's sold out on HSN, but we have it here. So you can uh, get your SPF 23. You still need sunscreen this summer, and you need a lot of it. And uh, my daytime is fine, unless you're going to be lying on the beach and uh, spending six hours in the sun, which is never good, even if you do have a 30 sunscreen, which is what you need if you do that. Uh, You may like it, but it's not particularly good for your body. And uh, if you do do it, you have to uh, repeatedly reapply sunscreen, even zinc oxide, if you get it wet. You know, there's a debate if you don't get zinc oxide sunscreen wet, it's not really going to wear off. And it's not like the uh, the clear sunscreens that you're probably familiar with, the uh, non-zinc oxide, non-titanium dioxide. They're called chemical sunscreens. They're the ones that I hate because they get absorbed into your body and uh, they do bad things, in my opinion, In fact, most of them are endocrine disruptors. That means they act like estrogen or progesterone or thyroid or one of those hormones in your body. That's why I like zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. It sits on the surface of the skin, and it reflects the light. It blocks the light. The other stuff, well, it actually requires the absorption of light. It has to be in your skin. It absorbs light, and it actually gets used up. So my Daytime is an SPF 23. A lot of people think of it as a sunscreen. I don't. It's a morning skin protector. It's got niacin and pantothenic acid. It strengthens your skin and gets it ready for the day, and it acts as your foundation. It goes right underneath. It works best with a powdered makeup. 
And as long as uh, you don't breathe in that powder, you should be okay with it. Well, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. The phone number here at WABC is 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. So today we're going to talk about breasts. It's one of the favorite topics in the United States, but we're going to talk about it clinically. We're going to talk about large breasts uh, that we make smaller. We're going to be talking about breasts that droop. We're going to talk about breasts that are small that we need to put implants in or we might want to put implants in. And then we're going to talk about implants in general. Uh, We're revving up our season in plastic surgeons' offices. You know, we kind of take off the summer as far as breast surgery goes because most people don't want to have surgery on their breasts in late June or July. They miss most of the season. But here we are in August, and people are getting ready uh, to go back to work, back to school, and the breast surgery is in full swing right now, and it will carry through the fall. You know, plastic surgeons' offices are seasonal. We do different procedures, different times of the year, and this is, in my office, it really is. It's kind of the breast season right now. We're also going to talk about lip augmentations and some observations that I've made. I do a lot of lip augmentations, but I don't do them the way you've seen those in uh, on television or in the Upper East Side and uh, of New York. I do them a little bit differently. So we're going to talk about lip augmentations, and uh, we're going to get to your questions. And we have Rory on the line. Rory, what can I do for you? What's your wrinkle? Are you there, Rory? I don't hear her, Mike. All right. So I think we lost Rory. So... Uh, Rory, call us back. You know, it's the magic of radio and telecommunications, but give us a call. Uh, and it's 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. So this past week, I removed some 37-year-old breast implants, uh, maybe the oldest ones I've ever removed. I, I consider those to be antiques. You know, I mean, if you... Uh, if you uh, have a 37-year-old comic book, it's an antique, right? If you have a 37-year-old silver vase, it's an antique. But we don't think of breast implants as antiques. Uh, but uh, this woman is set, was 70 years old and had uh, what she thought was a rupture based on her mammogram. And it's very interesting because uh, mammograms sometimes show ruptures of implants and sometimes they don't. Uh, I recommend MRIs. MRIs are much more sophisticated to detect ruptures of implants. But more important than the rupture, uh, I want MRIs because breast implants can hide breast tissue and you want to stay safe. So we're going to talk all about this topic, ruptured implants. But we have, I believe, Rory's back on the line. Rory, can I help you? What can I do? Hello? Are you there? Rory, are you there? I am here. I want to okay, know. Rory is a man's name. I thought you were a woman's name. I think it's one of those names that could be either. So tell me, Rory, what's your question? My question is, what's the best form of vitamin C to use on your skin for your face? That's a very good question. Almost almost a setup for me, so thanks, awesome. <laughs> thanks for asking. We'll, we'll talk about vitamin C. So vitamin C 
is probably your skin's most important vitamin. The most uh, important thing you can put on your skin, yeah, you might debate vitamin A. Both of them are pretty important. Uh, you might think vitamin E, but uh, it turns out that you make, you eat plenty of vitamin E and you make plenty. And vitamin E is delivered to your skin in enormous amounts by your sebum, by your oil. So you really don't need to put vitamin E on your skin. All right. But vitamin C. Now, vitamin C is ascorbic acid, but more importantly, it's called L-ascorbic acid, and I won't bore you, Rory, or listeners out there with the actual chemistry, but it's very important that our body can only see one type of vitamin C, and that is L-ascorbic acid. It can only see, it can only use one, and you know, we're actually the only mammals other than guinea pigs that can't make our own vitamin C. We don't have the enzymes. That's where uh, guinea pigs were used in the 1920s and 30s for all these vitamin C experiments. And that's where the terminology, uh, you know, I don't want to be your guinea pig, it became uh, common uh, uh, vernacular because of the, the guinea pig experiments with vitamin C. So now L-ascorbic acid is the type of vitamin C that's good for your skin and what it does in your skin is it stimulates the formation of collagen. Now, collagen is the structural layer of our skin. It's what holds it together. It's what leather is made of. So if you're wearing a leather jacket or leather shoes, that's virtually 100% collagen. It's a very tough protein. And if you do not have vitamin C in your diet, that's a, you get a disease called scurvy. Scurvy is a vitamin C deficiency where your skin thins and, in fact, old scars break down and you get wounds. So uh, if you were a sailor back in the old days, you needed to take limes on the uh, the boat between England and the United States, and that's why those sailors were called limeys. So now vitamin C, L-ascorbic acid is the type that works. But the problem with L-ascorbic acid is it's very fragile, and it does something very quickly uh, it call, it called oxidizes, oxidation. It oxidizes within hours uh, in your body. And, in fact, if you put it in sunshine, it will oxidize within minutes, really within 20 minutes or so. So that's why we use vitamin C on our skin at night, not during the day, because vitamin C is light sensitive. We don't want to expose it to light. Otherwise, we get lower levels. So now we have L-ascorbic acid. And uh, we have the potential for it to oxidize. When it oxidizes, it turns from kind of clear, beigey uh, material to a brownish material. So here's your, uh, here's your uh, thing that you can do to demonstrate oxidation. This is for the barbecue day tomorrow, Rory. You take a, a quart of orange juice out of your refrigerator and put it on your terrace, if you have one, or in your window or on your, uh, in your backyard. Put it out all day long in the sun tomorrow and keep an identical one in your refrigerator. And at the end of the day, you'll look at both bottles of orange juice. They've got to be in clear glass. You look at them, and the one that's been out all day will be kind of a darker color. It'll be a deeper orange. And that shows you that the vitamin C has actually oxidized in that. What's important about this is, yes, we need to put vitamin C on our skin at night, and it brings us back to the stability of this vitamin C. You know, uh, because it oxidizes, because it becomes, becomes unstable and unusable when it's exposed to light or air or all sorts of things, uh, oxygen, not air, um, 
a lot of different companies have tried to find different types of vitamin C to put in their skin creams. So there's things like magnesium ascorbyl phosphate and, and other types of vitamin C that they've identified that are stable, that don't turn when they're exposed to light. But the problem is your body's very finicky. It's very picky. And, in fact, it really can't use those types of vitamin C. We're going to talk a little bit more about this subject when we return. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, 800-848-9222. We'll be right back. This is plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Ladies, have you had an aging spurt? You know what that is. All of a sudden, you see wrinkles and sagging eyelids and, oh, my goodness, jowls. Almost overnight, you look older. I tackle aging spurts with eyelid and facelifts and office procedures like Botox, Peels, and Ulthera. And I creatively use wrinkle filler to help bring back your natural beauty without distorting your features. Let's sit down and spend an hour together. I'll design a program that can help restore your appearance and one that's within your budget. My offices are on 57th Street, just off of 5th Avenue, and in Somerset, New Jersey. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820. That's 212-753-1820. And check me out on the web at periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WABC. Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, here every Sunday at 9. And there are over 567 ways to claim your Social Security benefits, but you only have one chance to get it right. So call my office now at 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674, and we will give you a copy of the book, Get What's Yours, The Secrets to Maxing Out Your Social Security to those of you who schedule and keep your no-obligation second opinion on your wealth. So call us now at 888-988-JOSH. 888-988-5674. Advisory services offered through Wealth Quarterback, LLC. Investing may involve the risk of loss of capital. What was my dream? 200 pounds ago, it was ditching my plus-size clothes. Before I lost 115 pounds, it was flying coach. No seatbelt extension. My dream 180 pounds ago was playing outside with my kids. 155 pounds ago, my dream was to stop feeling invisible. Mine was to be here for my family. If reaching a healthy weight seems like a dream, the bariatric surgery program at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital can help you make it a reality. As a certified center of excellence in metabolic and bariatric surgery, we have the knowledge and experience to guide patients step-by-step step through a weight loss program that has changed and saved lives. To sign up for one of our seminars and learn more about weight loss surgery, visit us at rwjuh.edu. That's rwjuh.edu. And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. And we are engaged in a scintillating discussion of vitamin C. See, it's very interesting to me. I read uh, as much as I can about all the uh, the different ingredients of skincare and the chemicals that actually are good for the skin. So I read all these papers, Rory, and uh, I enjoy this topic. I love chemistry. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, I took a lot in college and I'm a cosmetic chemist also. So, all right, Rory, we were talking about vitamin C and the different types that your body can use. And really, it's only L-ascorbic acid, which is why I have L-ascorbic acid in my nighttime serum. And uh, the problem, though, 
is that it's uh, it's tough. It's very tough to deal with. So I have some uh, secrets uh, for my product, and in fact, I got a patent very recently for my nighttime. Uh, but what I did with nighttime is I kind of simulated uh, what's inside an orange, because you figure, well, if vitamin C goes uh, bad so quickly on your back table, how come it doesn't go bad? How can you can how can you store an orange? you know, for months and months and months and still get good vitamin C. So I simulated the environment inside the uh, the orange with all sorts of uh, things. And in order to figure out exactly what I did, you have to read my patent. But uh, all right, Rory, does that answer your question? Yeah, that's good. So that's the product I should buy is your is your nighttime cream. Well, my nighttime is uh, is a good one. It's got 10% L-ascorbic acid. In fact, you need at least 5% to show the good things that uh, that vitamin C does. And I mentioned, by the way, that uh, not only does it is it necessary for collagen to be made, but it stimulates the production of collagen. So it actually has two different functions uh, in uh, thickening your skin. And uh, there are studies that have been uh, performed, not my study, but chemical studies, that show that the daily application, actually the nightly application of vitamin C on eyelid skin, that's where they showed this, uh, for six months will absolutely thicken eyelid skin and uh, decrease the uh, splotchy brown pigmentation of eyelids because uh, one of the other functions of vitamin C is it uh, slows down the production of melanin, which is the spot, the uh, brown pigmentation in the skin. So my nighttime has 10%. Uh, 5% is what's necessary. I put my percentages right on my labels, and I do that because I'm proud of it. Uh, and um, I also uh, um, I want you to know that there's 10% in there, and a lot of companies don't put the percentages at all, so you have no idea uh, whether or not you're getting enough. If you've got 1% vitamin C, it really doesn't do anything. All right, Rory? Great. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks so much for calling What's Your Wrinkle? This is Dr. Arthur Perry, and uh, the phone number here at WABC is 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Michael, do we have our guest? Not yet. All right. Well, we're going to get a, a wonderful guest from the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in a few minutes. Uh, we'll probably wind up taking uh, that guest at 630 instead of 620. Uh, but we're going to have a urologic oncologist uh, coming from the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. Uh, and this is one for you men because we're going to be talking about prostate cancer and prostate screening. So stay tuned because uh, this is really such an important topic. We talk about breast cancer on this show, and uh, it's uh, now for uh, we're going to talk about prostate cancer in just a few minutes. But before we get to that, I wanted to uh, talk about lip augmentations. Boy, we, we bounce around to all different topics on this show. Uh, lip augmentations are so popular. They, they really are. And they've gotten popular uh, about 15 years or so. I used to put fat into the lip. And uh, the fat, fat works. I used to uh, numb up the belly, and uh, everybody's got a little bit of fat to, uh, to give me. Uh, and I take uh, oh, a few teaspoons of fat and purify it, and, uh, and then I used to inject it into the lips. And in the lips, it didn't work so well. It stayed for about six months or so. Uh, 
but it didn't work as well as fat grafting into the folds, the nasolabial folds, or uh, or other places of the body, even the buttocks, which I, I don't do, uh, but a lot of people do do fat grafting into the buttocks. The reason it doesn't work well on the lips is because in order for the fat to survive, it's living tissue, remember. It's living cells. It's got to be very immobile for almost three weeks, and that's really hard. I mean, are you really not going to talk or eat or kiss or uh, move your lips for three weeks? And uh, it's just just like a skin graft, and skin grafts have been done since 1867 in the United States. Actually, the first one was in France. Uh, so skin grafts require, uh, you know, it's skin taken from one part of the body, placed on another part of the body. It, it takes three days to get the blood supply into the skin. But then if you take your little finger and touch that skin graft for the first three weeks, it's gone. It's gone. It's just like if you plant seedlings, you know, plant some seeds, they germinate, and you see them coming up nicely in those little peat pots, and then you touch one and you kill it. And that's what happens uh, with skin grafts, and that's what happens with fat grafts. So in 2003, Restylane was the very first hyaluronic acid. Uh, to be FDA approved. Now, there was collagen before that, but collagen's great in your skin, but it didn't work too well as a filler. But Restylane worked great as a filler. And now there's Juvederm, and there's all sorts of others. There's Bellotero, and uh, and more to come. And uh, lip augmentations really took off around 2003. There are some horror stories out there, horror stories because people have put bad things in their lips, things like silicone, really bad, or plastic materials, really bad. Um, there was a period where we were putting grafts, Gore-Tex grafts in lips. I've taken them out. I never put them in. Uh, and I'll tell you something, some of my most unhappy moments in the operating room over the last uh, 30 years have been taking out Gore-Tex implants because there's a certain amount of tissue ingrowth into these things and scar you get scar around these implants and they're tough to take out. I never liked those implants. I do like Restylane, uh, but the secret to doing a good lip augmentation, just like wrinkle filling, the secret to doing a good lip augmentation is a little tiny bit of material at a time and not you know, we don't want to give you those lips that look bizarre and non-human-like and turned out. And you know what I'm talking about. All you have to do is watch TV and see some of these people, and you wonder with all their money and uh, all their connections, why are people having uh, these very, very strange lip augmentations with these uh, huge lips, turned-out lips, deformed lips? And we all know the stories about celebrities like Priscilla Presley who had uh, you know, some very strange non, uh, I believe it was a plastic or silicone material placed in her lips and kind of ruined her appearance and it ruined her career. So you want to do this uh, slowly and carefully and artistically when we do a lip augmentation. We need to really look carefully at your lips. The ideal ratio of the upper lip to lower lip is 1 to 1.6. And what does that mean? Oh, I'm giving you more math on this show. What that means is the upper lip is supposed to be smaller than the lower lip, uh, but not too small, just a little bit smaller. So a lot of people come into my office and they've got these pencil-thin upper lips and and pretty big lower lips. And so 
we need to really grow that upper lip to give the proper proportion. But most often, if you have a real disproportion in your lips, if we try and increase the size of your lip in one visit to the perfect proportion of that 1 to 1.6, then uh, we're going to get some distortion of your lip, and it'll look funny, and you'll look like those ladies on television on the, uh, uh, I won't say who, but you know who. So... We want to do it slowly. We want to uh, put a little bit of material in and sit back and wait several months. Not like the wrinkles where we might only wait one month. We want to wait several months for the lip to really settle down and see where we are, see what's swelling, see what's a little bit of residual bruising in the lip, and then we do it a little bit more. And we can build up your lips so that they look natural and a good lip augmentation. Now, we're talking about a lip, a true augmentation, not what you ladies get as you get older, and that is a kind of thinning of your lips. That's sort of a different concept than what I'm talking about. I'm talking about lips that were never large. Now, I do both types of augmentations. We do the, uh, the augmentations for lips that have never been large, and we have augmentations that are done a little bit differently for lips that were at one point large and then they kind of involuted. And the reason they involute is because you lose fat volume in the lips. And the lower lip, you wind up losing fat volume and it collapses upon itself. So if you look real carefully, if you're 60 years old, you know what I'm talking about. You look in the mirror, not while you're driving, please. Look in the mirror and you'll see that the border of your lip is indistinct now. It's lost that very rigid border that you had when you were 20 and you used to rub your hand, run your hand uh, along your lip and you would feel a ridge between the red and the white of your lip. But now you don't if you're 60. So I put that back. But in addition to that, there's a depression and in some people a real line just above that ridge that you used to have in the lower lip. And that's where you've lost the volume. That's where you've lost the fat of the lower lip. And because of that, uh, what we need to do is put a little bit of uh, that filler in that uh, depression as well as along the vermilion border. And then we do other things. Of course, we, uh, we fill the wrinkles and we re, um, reestablish those ridges between the nose and the top of the lip. Those are the things we do for for lips that need to be rejuvenated as opposed to if you're 20 years old or 25 years old and you've always had small lips. That's an augmentation. So it's a different concept. Now, what's interesting, what I have found in my practice, I've been doing this enough and long enough that I found that after a few years and as little as two years, I saw a woman this week who I uh, first started augmenting her lip two years ago Last year, I put more in. She's here for her third visit this past week. And I noticed, we looked at her photographs, she's got some permanence to the lip augmentation at two years. And how could that possibly be? That's because the material that I inject stimulates the formation of collagen. And each year you put uh, material into your lip, each time you do it, you stimulate your own formation, you stretch out the tissue a bit, and after a while, I think that lip augmentations are not necessary in you. After It might be five, six, seven years, uh, but it actually becomes more of a permanent procedure. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle? The phone number, 800-848-9222. We've got a whole other half hour to the show, so stay tuned. We'll be back after these words. Music. 
Robert Wood Johnson Health System has a new way to stay connected to you. Your wrist bone's connected to your x-ray. Your x-ray is connected to your orthopedist. Introducing RWJ Health Connect, a convenient online portal to quickly access and manage your health records, schedule appointments, view test results, and more. Your orthopedist is connected to the OR. The OR is connected to your blood work. With RWJ Health Connect, your electronic medical records are accessible 24-7 from your phone, tablet, or computer. Your blood work's connected to your family doctor. Your family doctor is connected to the Robert Wood Johnson Health System. RWJ Health Connect keeps your information confidential so that you're securely connected to all hospitals and participating doctors. And RWJ is connected to you. Visit rwjconnect.com to register online for RWJ Health Connect. Better access for better health. You and I are privileged to live in one of the greatest democracies in the history of the world. And with great freedom comes great responsibility. The time is upon us. If you want to remain fully free, you must exercise your rights as a citizen. The time has come for you to stand up and let your voice be heard. So what do you choose? Will you vote junk or no junk? If you vote for junk, you don't have to do a thing. Junk is a virus. It spreads and multiplies all on its own. But to vote no junk, you have to take action. I have great news for you. Tom 1, that's me. And Tom 2, at your service. They've never, never been been defeated. defeated. We work until midnight, seven days a week, so you never have to take off work to meet us. Call 1-800-GOT-JUNK or visit 1-800-GOT-JUNK.com. Experience the Care One difference today. My name is Dr. Michael Denker. I've been medical director here since the opening of the building in 2007. A warm, inviting environment where your family will experience the highest quality care from highly skilled nurses all throughout New Jersey. I would recommend Care One because it's a complete program to transition a parent or a sibling after being hospitalized and, and getting them to the point where they can become very independent and they can go on with their lives. Experience the Care One difference today. Today. I would recommend Care One because of their therapy and because of their staffing and how great they make you feel. I mean, they help you get back on your feet. Everyone addresses you as a person, not only a patient. Little tiny things that mean a lot. The difference between a hospital and Care One. Experience the Care One difference. Call 1-877-99-CARE-1. That's 1-877-992-2731. And tell them WABC sent you. Or log on to care-one.com. That's care-one.com. continue to soar make sure a child is never forgotten in a hot car download the cars for kids safety app today at carsforkids.org forward slash safety app 1877 cars for kids k-a-r-s cars for kids 1877 cars for kids donate your car today 
to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's Your Wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC, the phone number 800-848-9222. And we have a very special guest on the line tonight. We've got Dr. Sammy Alsamra. He is a urologic oncologist. Wow. That's a urologist that specializes in cancer, and he's at the Rutgers Cancer Institute of New Jersey and the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. He's an assistant professor of surgery at Rutgers Robert Wood Johnson Medical School, and he's here to tell you something you probably don't know about prostate cancer. Are you on the line, Dr. Elsamra? Yeah, hey, Dr. Barry. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks so much for taking time on your Saturday evening. It's a pleasure being able to speak to you. You know, one out of seven men are going to be diagnosed with prostate cancer. One out of seven men. It's an absolutely incredible statistic. That's a higher statistic than women and breast cancer, although we hear so much about breast cancer. And according to the National Cancer Institute, prostate cancer is the second leading major cause of death in men, cancer death in men, and the first, of course, being skin cancer from melanomas. But with early detection, and that's why you're here, prostate cancer is survivable with enormously high numbers, closing in on 100%. So now we've got uh, Dr. Elsamer, who is a a urologic oncologist. And the reason we have him on is uh, we've got some uh, free prostate screening and education programs coming up from Robert Wood Johnson. So uh, first of all, Dr. Alsamer, tell us now, Tell us first about when these screenings are, and then let's get into the meat of uh, what you're going to be doing in the screening. Sure. So the screening is uh, taking place at the uh, TD Bank ballpark in Bridgewater. It's uh, during a Somerset Patriots game from 5.30 p.m. to 8 p.m., and uh, it's, uh, it's a collaboration between Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital, Robert Wood Johnson Barnabas Health, and the Ed Randall's Fans for the Cure organization. Okay, now, now this is August 25th. It's coming right up. And they're going to be doing it in public at the uh, second base? Or <laughs> no, I hope well, not. Where, <laughs> where are they doing the this? The hospital is going to have a table set out at the concourse, and there's going to be uh, private facilities available. And uh, there's going to be a lot of educational materials available as well. Okay, so we're going to be screening for prostate cancer right at the baseball game. That's in Bridgewater, New Jersey, at the TD Bank Ballpark. You can go, you can have a ball, and then they can go ahead and check you for prostate cancer at the same time. There's a pun there that we won't say. So now tell me, what are the screening tests for prostate cancer? Tell us about it. You know, the the mainstay of prostate cancer screening is... uh, Either it will include two things, a blood test called a PSA or prostate-specific antigen and a digital rectal exam. The PSA is, you know, a simple blood test, and uh, it can be elevated in cases of prostate cancer. And a digital rectal exam is a, you know, it's a, a, a surgeon or a urologist places their lubricated gloved finger into the rectum to feel the prostate and uh, make sure there's no abnormal lumps or bumps on the prostate. Uh, combined, the two comprise the, uh, or, you know, they comprise what is prostate cancer screening. So now, are you going to be drawing blood at the baseball game? I believe they have facilities set up to do so, yes. 
Okay, and then you're going to be doing the uh, the rectal examination in a private facility right there. So uh, you're not going to be on the uh, on the big cam there. People aren't. It's the no. kiss cam. Not going to happen. No, we're not. <laughs> we're going to be doing it privately. All right. Now, who should uh, who should get a, a prostate cancer screening? I mean, when what age does it start, and is there ever an age where it stops? Yeah. So currently, the uh, American Cancer Society recommends that. Uh, men uh, should have prostate cancer screening annually from age starting at age 50 till about the age of 75. Uh, the American Urologic Association recommends slightly less, so from the age of 55 to the age of 69. Um, certainly, those who are high risk can benefit from earlier screening, such as men with a family history of prostate cancer. So if you had a father, brother, or son with prostate cancer, you should probably get screened at 10 years prior to their diagnosis. And uh, those who are African-American are at higher risk for prostate cancer, and so they should also probably be screened sooner. All right. So I'm speaking tonight with Dr. Sammy Elsamer. He is a urologist, but not just any type of urologist. He's a urologic oncologist, and uh, this is a one of the types of doctors that Robert Wood Johnson is so proud to have. He, uh, he did his uh, residency in, uh, at Brown University, a nice little Ivy League uh, place in Providence, Rhode Island, and, uh, and then finished uh, that and did a special fellowship. Uh, it's called Endourology, I believe. Huh? Tell me, what's Endourology? So uh, Endourology is uh, basically a focus on minimally invasive approaches to urology. And so I, you know, my specialty is mostly in laparoscopic and robotic uh, oncology. So we, you know, we do surgeries for urologic cancers using small, you know, laparoscopic port sites and using the latest technology with the robot. As uh, and Robert Wood Johnson and the Cancer Institute of New Jersey are, uh, they're leaders in all the new innovations in uh, in surgery and in medicine in general. So let's get back to prostate cancer for for just a few minutes uh, now. We, we talked about starting and endpoints of when people should not be screened afterwards. Why shouldn't older men be screened for prostate cancer? You know, that's a really good question. Prostate cancer is a disease that because it afflicts so many people it is it is likely to be detected but fortunately it's not a cancer that people usually die of it's a cancer people die with and so it's not that lethal and so chances are if you've reached the age of you know 70 or 75 uh, and you haven't had prostate cancer detected by then it is very low likely uh, it's a very low likelihood that prostate cancer will do you in. It, it's probably some other factor that's at greater risk. Good answer. All right. My uh, guest this evening is Sammy Elsamer. He is a uh, urologic oncologist at Rutgers Cancer Institute and the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And uh, there is uh, this Thursday, it's Thursday, I believe, right, the August 25th. Uh, it's at the Somerset Patriots game. Uh, and it's at the TD Bank Ballpark in uh, Bridgewater, New Jersey. If you've ever been to one of those games, they're an awful lot of fun. It's minor league baseball, 
And uh, 5.30 to 8.30, there's going to be a screening. at the, ho- the hospital is having a table at the stadium's uh, main concourse. And uh, you can go and be screened for prostate cancer. It is so important. Uh, do it for yourself. Do it for your family. But do it. And, and for those of you who are afraid of, you know, a rectal examination, you have to just kind of, you really have to face it that this is just something you're going to have to do. You know, women don't like getting mammograms. Women don't like having breast exams. Men don't enjoy having rectal examinations. But this is part of staying healthy, and it's very, very important. It is years, years before uh, you can, when you can feel something on an exam, years before it would actually cause symptoms. Am I right, Dr. Osama? That's That's absolutely correct. And so... That early detection can really is is part and parcel why survival is so high with prostate cancer. That's right. So go ahead uh, this week. Get yourself checked out for prostate cancer. Thanks so much for taking time on this Saturday evening, Dr. Samuel Sommer. You've been a wonderful guest. I'd love to have you back uh, and talk about other urologic topics, which hopefully I'll never need. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Dr. Perry. Thank you. Okay, great. And I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. And for those of you interested in learning more about this topic, you can go to the Robert Wood Johnson website, rwjuh.edu. That's rwjuh.edu. And they've got all sorts of, you've got to go to this website. It's never ending. It'll just, you'll be up all night looking at all the different topics. You can learn so much. You can check out every doctor on the staff of the hospital, doctors like Dr. Al Samra, who uh, is uh, absolutely a star in urology, and we're so happy to have him on this evening. Uh, You can also call Robert Wood Johnson, 888 MDRWJUH. That's 888 MDRWJUH. There are people answering the phone 24 hours a day, sometime even longer. So, (laughs) all right. So go ahead, and uh, this is such an important topic. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. Now, we've got another segment coming up after the break. Give me a call, 888, uh, I'm sorry, 800. I was giving Robert Wood Johnson number out again, 800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. And when we return, we're going to be talking more about breast surgery, about breast implants, about the new breast implants, the gummy bear implants, which are so incredibly good. And I'll tell you why. I am very enthusiastic about these implants, as are most plastic surgeons in the United States. Uh, They're back on the market only a few years, and they are revolutionary. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. The phone number, once again, 800-848-9222. We'll be back after these words. Well, you can't think about cosmetic surgery without considering your teeth. Dr. Dean Vafiatis's New York Smile Institute creates the most natural, beautiful smiles in the world. Since 1995, Dr. Dean and the New York Smile Institute have become the preeminent aesthetic and implant specialists in Manhattan. They have provided happy smiles to over 10,000 people, including celebrities, sports figures, and CEOs, 
of many Fortune 500 companies. Dr. Dean, the Dean of Smiles, has taught other dentists all over the world. He's on the faculty at NYU. He's taught them how to use computers to make smiles perfectly proportioned to facial features. Dr. Dean performs same-day smile makeovers, natural porcelain veneers, teeth whitening, and dental implants. Call Dr. Dean at the New York Smile Institute, 800-998-NYSI. That's 800-998-NYSI. And check out the website at nysi.org. The mission of the New York Smile Institute is the care and comfort of patients. Remember, you're never really dressed until you put on a smile. 800-998-NYSI. The financial quarterback is looking for new financial advisors to join his growing team. Jelinski Advisory Group has offices in New Jersey and New York. Call 888-988-JOSH for more information. That's 888-988-JOSH. Remember, the financial quarterback is looking for new financial advisors to join his growing team. Call 888-988-JOSH for more information. That's 888-988-JOSH. Listen to the financial quarterback every Sunday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Want your kids to eat right? Treat them to more fruits and vegetables. They'll have more energy and feel fuller longer. This is registered dietitian nutritionist Melissa Dobbins. When your kids have a snack attack, save the day with a nutritious treat. Peel a banana, dip in yogurt, roll in crushed cereal, and freeze. Or serve a pita stuffed with ricotta cheese, apple slices, and a dash of cinnamon. A registered dietitian nutritionist can help with more ideas. Or check out the recipes at kidseatright.org. If you're over 30 and you really don't take care of your skin, you're in for a big surprise. Wrinkles, brown splotches, and rough skin are just around the corner. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've created a one-step solution called Nighttime because I know that even celebrities won't stick to a complex program. Just massage in Nighttime, and you'll notice smoother skin by morning. Keep on using it, and the appearance of wrinkles lessen. In a study, my skincare program reduced the appearance of wrinkles 21% in three months, and the signs of aging were reduced by over 50% in six months. My skincare is real, it's honest, and it's simple. And right now, WABC listeners can save $15 on a bottle of Nighttime. Use the 77 code on drperrys.com, and Nighttime is yours for $50. That's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S dot com, or call 844-DR-PERRY. That's 844-D-R-P-E-R-R-Y. To what's your wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry? What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. And for those of you who are listening uh, for the, to the last segment about prostate cancer, we talked about the, the prostate cancer screening that's going to be this Thursday at the TD Bank Ballpark, sponsored by the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. Uh, I did give out a little bit of wrong information. And for those of you who are going to go to the screening, uh, you might breathe a sigh of relief. They're only going to be drawing your blood. They're not going to do the rectal exam at the stadium, so you won't be up on the uh, the, the cam there, you know, the, the kiss cam. Uh, we're getting Okay, we won't do that. Seriously, uh, it's only going to be blood drawing. They're going to draw your PSA. That is so important. And then what you'll do is um, you'll go to your doctor, your family doctor, your internist, your urologist, um, and, uh, and you'll have the rectal exam. That's the second part of the screening. So you should be doing that uh, anyway if you're in this age group, over 50, under 75. Uh, so that's the story with the uh, the screening at the TD Park, the TD Bank ballpark. All right, Eileen, what can I do for you? You've been waiting a long time. What's your wrinkle? 
Uh, I'm calling because my I'm thinking about getting my eyes done. My under eye bags are getting larger, and my eyelids are droopy. And I've got olive skin, so I was told a long time ago that I would scar easily. Is it still possible to get my, you know, the eyes done without worrying about scarring? Well, first of all, Eileen, how old are you? 65. You had to think about that, didn't you? All right, you're 65 years old. Are you healthy? Yes. Okay, good. So so let's answer your question first, and then I want to talk all about eyelid surgery because it is one of my favorite topics. I talk about it at parties, in my sleep. I talk about it all the time. So, so now olive skin, um, you know, what, what happens with olive skin is people who have a little darker complexion tend to, to heal with whiter scars, white right. scars, so that um, when you look at the scar, uh, look at the eyelid, you might see that. That is not what we call a contraindication to having surgery, not at all. There's so much surgery done on people of all skin colors. I've done uh, as dark skin as uh, as is possible or as light skin as possible. And, you know, one of the risks is that, you know, you, you might have some visibility of the scars. But the eyelids heal so well that even with darker skin, olive skin, African-American skin, even skin of color, we still only have about 5% of people that have visible scars, visible scars. Now, look, if you look in the mirror, it's hard to do because your, uh, your eyes have to be closed, your upper lids, in order to see the, uh, the scars. And you can't do that. You can't see your own. But if you close your eyes and take a photograph, you might see those scars. But then again, most women put makeup on their eyelids and cover those scars anyway. Now, the lower eyelid scar is right underneath your eyelashes, right underneath your eyelashes, and that's usually pretty hard to see also. In my book, by the way, and you can still buy Straight Talk about cosmetic surgery. It's uh, published by Yale University Press. You can pick it up on Amazon.com, or you can go to Barnes & Noble and uh, order it. Uh, but my book, I've got some close-up photographs, really close-up photographs of eyelid skin after eyelid surgery, and it's usually pretty hard to see the incisions. So, so... Having a little bit of color in your skin does not exclude you from surgery. So, so now, Eileen, let's talk about the surgery. So you're 65. You have extra skin of the upper lids? Yes. And you've got some fat closer to your nose probably, right? A little, little, little bulge when you look in the mirror? Uh, yes. Eileen, are you there? Did I lose you? There yes. you are. Are you looking in the mirror? Okay. No, and your lower lids... You, you probably have a lot more fat of your lower lids, like a, a bulge uh, going almost across your lower lids, right? Yes. Okay. And you probably have a little bit of extra skin also. So here's what we do. Eyelid surgery is one of the more common cosmetic surgical operations. It's done with you awake, by the way, uh, but sedated. It is not a painful procedure e either during the procedure or after the procedure. And it takes uh, about you know, a half an hour per eyelid. So if you have two upper lids and two lower lids done, it's usually about two hours for the procedure. And what we do is we numb up your eyelids. There's an anesthesiologist there usually who will give you some sedation, and we like to make it easy on you so you might be drowsy through the procedure, and it certainly decreases anxiety. And then we numb up your eyelids, and I remove an ellipse of skin, just a little bit of extra skin of the upper eyelid, not too much. You have to be able to close your eyelids. 
just enough. It's uh, We call it the Goldilocks principle in cosmetic surgery. Not too little, not too much, just enough. And then we remove a little bit of fat, and that fat is not fat that is like any other fat in your body. It's not fat like what's around your belly. It's fat that cushions the eyeball. So your eyeball actually floats on this fat, and the fat is underneath and above and to the sides and behind the eyeball. And it's a very important fat because when you run or get poked in the eye, your eyeball, if you didn't have that fat, might really be injured. It might squish. Bad thing to think about. But that fat cushions the eyeball so that it's really floating in fat. But as we get older... Our tissues begin to thin, and our skin thins, and the membranes and the muscles thin, and that fat begins to bulge forward, and we get fat like Mario Cuomo used to have. Remember Governor Cuomo? He had classic eyelids. I wanted to do his eyelids. Uh, if, uh, if Andy is listening, come on in. Uh, but Mario had those great eyelids and, and all the, the fat of the lower lids. So a blepharoplasty is the name of the operation. That's the formal name. Plastic surgeons like to give you nice formal names to, uh, to confuse you. Uh, but what we do for the lower lids is I make an incision just underneath the eyelashes, and I lift up the skin, and I expose those fat pads, and we tease out just a little bit of that fat, and uh, we have to be very, very careful that we don't get bleeding because one of the dreaded complications of the surgery, one in about 30,000 is blindness. Oh, my goodness. But that, uh, you know, has never, knock wood, happened to me or anyone I've trained with. But it is, it sort of underscores that this is real surgery. It's not, uh, you know, entertainment. And it's got to be done by board-certified plastic surgeons or oculoplastic surgeons or ear, nose, and throat doctors who are specially trained in facial cosmetic surgery. Those are the three doctors. I hear about, and I'm going to say this, uh, and uh, I will inflame some people out there, but I hear about non-surgeons doing this operation uh, sometimes, uh, particularly some dermatologists, and that scares the heck out of me because this is a very delicate operation, and it should be a trained surgeon doing the surgery. So anyway, we remove uh, that fat, we remove a little skin. We have to uh, not take too much, particularly in the lower lids, because we could get a pull down of the lower lids. We could uh, make you look like my two basset hounds that walk around my house. So we don't want that. So we have to be very careful. If your lower lid is a little bit loose, then we have to do a special little procedure called a canthopexy. That's one for you, right? Canthopexy. And that's where we tighten the belt of the lower eyelid, and now I've lost you, right? Here's what, uh, what we're talking about, Eileen. If you take your finger and if you pull on your lower eyelid, pull it down, you'll see that it's a little bit loose, and you could actually have a basset hand appearance if we pull down your lid. But if you take your finger and you pull it to the side, it's, uh, it's sort of like tightening the belt on your lower eyelid. And when we do that, we can pull harder on the eyelid and give you a better result. So sometimes people need that second procedure. No extra incisions, uh, but that's called a canthopexy. So, so we've come a long way from talking about your scars and the color, but I like to, uh, when I talk about eyelid surgery, I think it's important to give people a full understanding of, of what it entails. Uh, it is a great procedure, usually back to work. Depending on what you do, you can be back to work. I don't, I've had people go back at a week, uh, but you're going to have some residual bruising. 
Uh, certainly by two weeks, you're fine. You feel fine in two days. And, and I said earlier, this is not a painful procedure. Almost all my patients only take Tylenol. It's a rare person that needs to take anything stronger than Tylenol after this surgery. All right, Eileen, have I put you to sleep? No, that's great information. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for calling. Thanks so much for calling What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. And I'm your host, board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry. And from that discussion, you could tell I'm uh, I'm not just a, uh, a radio host like, uh, you know, uh, one of these guys, uh, Curtis or... Uh, um, Rush or one of these other guys that uh, is a broadcaster. I'm a, a real doctor, and uh, I operate almost every day and uh, do all these procedures either in my office or in the operating room in uh, New Jersey or in New York City. All right, now at the beginning of the show, we were talking all about breast implants and breast augmentations. It's a big topic, and next show I think we're going to have to talk a little bit more about it because we've only got about a minute left, and it's hard to get into uh, these new implants, these gummy bear implants, which have revolutionized breast augmentation surgery. So stay tuned. Next week I think we'll uh, we'll talk more about that. Uh, it is one of my favorite topics, breast augmentations, and uh, but we'll talk a little bit for the next 45 seconds about the implants that have been in for 37 years that I removed this past week that were ruptured, and uh, they were found. The rupture was found on an, a mammogram, which is very important, and confirmed with an MRI. So my parting words to you women who have implants in, I hope you're all getting MRIs because mammograms are not satisfactory if you've got implants in. All right, Mike is signaling to me, don't talk anymore. You've got to get out of the studio. Uh, check out me. Check me out on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dr. Arthur Perry, and don't forget to order those products before they sell out of HSN. You can go to the HSN website or my website. It's drperrys.com. Thanks so much for great engineering. Mike's done double duty tonight. We'll see everybody at six o'clock next Saturday. Thanks so much. This program was sponsored by Dr. Perry Skin Industries LLC. The views expressed by the preceding program are those of the sponsor and not necessarily the opinions of seventy-seven WABC or Cumulus Media.